0: You're listening to Payments Innovation, a podcast dedicated to helping business leaders navigate today's global digital economy. Looking to learn about the latest innovations within fintech and payments? You've come to the right place. Let's get into the show. Welcome to another episode of the Payments Innovation podcast. This is your host, Chris DeAntuano with Currency Cloud, And today, I'm happy to have Dan Sachs from AppDirect, CEO and president of AppDirect. Dan, welcome to the show. Thrilled to be here. Yeah, it's really good to have you on today. Um, really exciting stuff that you're doing. But uh, for our listeners, if you don't mind, to give a background of yourself and what brought you to do what you're doing today, and we can get uh, you know a little bit deeper into that.
1: Would love to. So I grew up in Niagara Falls, Canada, and my family had a furniture store on Main Street called Sachs Furniture, started by my great grandparents. And just as I was graduating, it was uh, you know the height of the Great Recession, and businesses all around the world were struggling. And in fact, my family's furniture store. After 100 years in business, had to shut their doors. And at the same time, I went to San Francisco and visited my friend, who's now my co founder and co CEO, Nicholas And he was exposed to the early days of cloud business models and software as a service. And we kind of came together and said, you know, on one hand, you have an ecosystem and an environment where all these businesses are struggling really because they don't have access to the technology or the capital that would allow them to thrive. And then you, you have this other ecosystem, you know, in Silicon Valley that's emerging of these great tools that you can subscribe to at a low cost that are easy to use, that are easy to manage, that are truly transformative tools to help you run your business, boost revenue, and save costs. So putting those two minds together, we said, what if we could build the ecosystem to enable a network of merchants or sellers that can sell all these great digital services to businesses around the world? And over the last decade plus We've built out the largest ecosystem uh, of uh, merchants uh, that, that really help businesses every day and they act as technology advisors to help businesses adopt the technologies that they need in order to thrive.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's an amazing story that you came out with, you know, the, with the timing and, the, and going through the challenges that you, you had and turning that an opportunity, I guess. And we didn't prep for this one. So um, I do have a question, you know, not getting into the specifics of the product, but just on yourself. You now, as you mentioned, 12, 12 years ago or so, um, it was a challenging time and you turned that into uh, opportunity. I guess, can you talk a little bit about that process for you and, and you know, the benefits? I'm sure timing is a, is a massive one, but being open to, you know, that opportunity, looking for areas of th- that's working and then the timing obviously has to be right as well. Can you talk a little bit about all, all of that while you were you know, getting this started?
1: Definitely. I think it's really hard to connect the dots looking forward, but in the rearview mirror, it's easy to say where you ended up and how everything connects. Um, Steve Jobs famously gave a Stanford commencement address just on that. But if I were to you know, take my current state, this goes back to 2009, I'm graduating, I'm thinking I want a job maybe on Wall Street, you know, investment banker and man, you know, that was impossible. So everything that I worked for in terms of, you know, school and education, to you know, be employed maybe was a you know not as uh, possible in this market environment. So I think that I had to kind of throw that playbook out and you know go back to the basics. And I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. Uh, me and my co-founder had brainstormed ideas you know far before, and um, you know at the time we just kind of started to learn about you know we we didn't even know too much about technology at the time. I, we were both political science backgrounds, you know, and. What we learned, though, is that when we when we started to see these SaaS tools or software as a service tools emerging from Silicon Valley, we realized this opportunity. And because we had such passion for entrepreneurship and such a belief in you know, how we could help, it really gave us the confidence and conviction in order to start something. But there's, those first few years were tough. Like It took us a year to get the business going, a year to get our first customer. Um, when we launched, we totally failed. So I think that you know, those early days, we were driven by this, you know, conviction that businesses are going to adopt SaaS. But, you know, the market at the time, you know, thought that SaaS wouldn't work, no business would ever accept it. It's not secure. You know, there are all these concerns. So I think that you just have to, you know, live through and push through conviction when you're starting a business and and ultimately make that vision a reality.
0: And so why did you, I guess, what was your thought process on where the opportunity was? Was it that the, I guess the retail or the consumer, uh, landscape was moving towards subscription or maybe it already was. I don't recall the time of when I started automating my Netflix payments and everything like that. Um, but you know, what was the conviction that you saw that you were totally committed that this is definitely going to be the way businesses are going to adopt? uh,
1: Yeah. On one hand you had, um, you know, web 2.0 emerging the iPhone had just launched the app store. Um, there was this idea in the consumer world that it can be easy to adopt applications. And uh, Nick and I, you know, didn't have the legacy of working in enterprise and dealing with enterprise technologies. But as we, you know, studied how complex um, the incumbent systems were uh, and how unconsumer friendly they were, we thought that that had to change. And we created a list of the top emerging SaaS apps at the time. This included Box, Dropbox, um, FreshBooks, DocuSign, MailChimp, Shopify, you name it. It was on the list. And Zendesk, that index, like they were I think Dropbox, I remember being at the million user party, um, you know, and you know Box maybe with Series B, but like these companies were in their infancy. Most people wouldn't have ever heard of them outside of Silicon Valley, and now that aggregate list is probably you know <laughs> hundreds of billions, if not you know, trillions <laughs> or trillion in market value because uh, a few of those like Shopifys already exceeded a hundred billion. So it's kind of fascinating just to see how you know when you look at small ecosystems, but you just see how valuable they can become. We just had this clear conviction that, you know, consumerization of technology had beginning, had begun to occur. It was obvious that it would happen in the business world. Um, and, and the missing layer was this ecosystem that connects those trusted um, sellers or advisors uh, of technology um, with the businesses out there, like my families who had no idea where to buy and wouldn't have bought online, but needed, you know, a trusted person um, who, who we did have at the time um, to, to kind of guide us through it.
0: Yeah and this is the conviction that we have here at Currency Cloud you know have the retail consumers you know making a Venmo payment to each other or PayPal yet when they work their 9 to 5 to make a business payment there's no options uh, and so they were trying to help change that that ecosystem as well um to make it as simple as possible during the during the daytime at work so let's dive into uh, AppDirect. Let's, let's talk about the ecosystem that you guys have built. You know, let's start with, I guess, your offering that you're bringing to the table and we can take a little bit deeper from there.
1: Sounds great. So AppDirect's the leading subscription commerce platform uh, for selling uh, digital goods in, in, the, uh, in the current economy. And what we've seen is that companies like Shopify, Lightspeed, Square have developed commerce platforms to enable retailers uh, to digitally transform and start selling online. And those retail merchants you know, have really transformed, particularly this year, uh, where the majority of their business is likely done digitally. Now, in the technology world, there's literally millions of technology merchants, some of them technology advisors, some of them big enterprises that are selling uh, technology to businesses. Yet, they're kind of operating in the stone ages. You know, historically there was no platform for them to operate, so they'd be similar to your your description of how you know you use Venmo versus invoicing and all these complex like offline payment models. A lot of what we see, people are operating with spreadsheets, with text, with in person interactions. But in you know the digital era. There's so much ability to automate all that and drive more efficiency and uh, more consumer friendliness in in the business world. So what AppDirect's platform does is it enables merchants or sellers of technology to have all the tools and technologies that they need in order to offer a suite of technology services to a business. So, you know, we really start from three core areas. The first is monetization, which is really the uh, experience of selling services. Uh, The second is engagement tools. So the experience of how our merchants can use uh, a different suite of services to make it easier to manage their customers. And then three is a set of financial services that accelerate the growth in the ecosystem. And these three services together enable our merchants to really thrive digitally just as a retail merchant could use Shopify to transform themselves.
0: And yeah, it's a, it's a powerful, powerful product, powerful ecosystem. Um, do you feel, so when the customers come in and you're working through the different, uh, you know, value propositions and monetization opportunities, is, did they come in with specific areas that they're looking to focus on? Or is that on, on you guys to help direct them, uh, you know, in certain areas for opportunity um, yeah. to, to go to market?
1: A little bit of both. So... We've worked with thousands of merchants, many, you know, Fortune 100 customers ranging from, you know, Comcast and at and to ABB and Schneider Electric and Honeywell and Intuit. Uh, so all, all, all sorts of, um, you know, companies that you'd know, but also we work with a network of thousands of smaller merchants who act as technology advisors to local businesses in their region or with a specific vertical focus. And the unified kind of factor across all those merchants is... They want to sell recurring technology. It could be SaaS, software as a service. It could be infrastructure as a service like uh, Google Compute or AWS or Azure, or it could be even um, communication services like Zoom or Telecom. And uh, these merchants all have a challenge where without AppDirect, there's really no incumbent recurring commerce platform for selling uh, these third-party digital services. So you know, it'd be really complex to do this on their own. So, just like, um, you know, to have, let's say you're a skateboard shop owner, it's probably unlikely or it doesn't make, you know, sense for you to go um, code a website from scratch and get servers and do it all manually. You would probably just use, you know, Shopify or Squarespace and and launch a store online and you focus on the way you're going to market it, the way you're going to brand it, the way you're going to use your special uh, sauce in terms of the in, in, um, inventory. So, similarly, it's the exact same way we're servicing these merchants, uh, there's literally you know, millions of them around the world that are trying to sell business-to-business digital services, and uh, we're enabling them to thrive.
0: Yeah. And like I said, it's super powerful for them and getting all the tools to be able to do so. Before we get into the embedded finance uh, side of it, which I'm sure our listeners are super interested to hear about how it all functions, um, one of the areas that you know to Shopify and and Square uh, with the digital goods, uh, I'm sorry, the physical goods and merchants is, 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 is a lot of the logistics side of it. Um, yours is a di- digital delivery, so I'm sure there, there is complexity there, but it, it's probably a little bit easier than you know, shipping goods through a FedEx or, or UPS. Can you talk about the, you know, that area of value that you're bringing to customers as well? Because I'm sure it's a massive piece uh, that you guys take on as well.
1: Definitely. So when you think about the digital transformation of the retail economy, so think of the main street, you know, on in Niagara Falls, where I had my family furniture store, but there was the shoe store and there was, you know, the the sports shop, etc. In order to bring those online, essentially what needed to exist was a storefront, a checkout flow for one-time physical goods. Then we needed to figure out how to ship the inventory. There needed to be, let's say, uh, currency and tax automation. So all of that technology stack was built for retailers, you know, by a variety of leading commerce platforms. So you could Choose your pick, big commerce, Lightspeed, we named a few of them. However, in the business-to-business space for recurring software, which is a massive market, there was no such commerce platform that existed because the digital supply chain to sell recurring goods is so different than the physical supply chain to sell one-time physical goods. So what we really had to do is look at what that, what we call digital supply chain consisted of. Which is everything from the monetization or the ability to you know sell your service in an omnichannel way, so what we find is a lot of B2B services are actually sold either in person or through inside sales on the phone connected to you know salesforce intelligence or it's sold through a website or it's sold you know, embedded into a physical device and I'm sure we'll talk more about that. so we had to build like an omnichannel commerce platform that enabled the, the first sale but then what's different about physical goods and digital goods, is that instead of going and shipping you know, a CD or a box, we actually trigger API calls, which provision the technology. And that's really our secret sauce, where we're the open standard for enabling a digital good based on a digital vendor. This could be a Microsoft Google, this could be Dropbox, etc. We give them the APIs in order to be resold digitally. And again, because it's not a one-time product, it's a recurring subscription with a recurring contract. We then manage the ongoing life cycle. Mm-hmm. So we help um, that end business that's going to be buying from the merchant, make it easy for them to instantly, you know, buy online or buy through their seller. Instantly, the services provision, it shows up just like on the iPhone, like a magic app, it shows up right away. You have access. Then we manage all the security, the single sign-on, the centralized user management, the provisioning, um, because for an IT person, it's really complex to add each service and kind of manage the entitlements. So we really automate all that and create consumer-friendly ways for businesses to engage with their services, creating essentially a workspace for a small business or a medium-sized business to have access to all the apps and services they need in one place, all working with single sign-on and easy way and frictionless with data and dashboards and ability to see what's going on across all your apps.
0: And so, I mean, that transitions perfectly into this embedded finance. And so, obviously, you mentioned, um, you know, that subscription space and, and being able to validate, um, you know, those applications going through and, and, and turn them on and, and get it all set up through that single sign on. Could you talk about your uh, the payment infrastructure that you guys have set up through your uh, ecosystem that you have Definitely. today?
1: So our platform is open, extensible and agnostic. Meaning that we have a set of capabilities that can be extended by our merchants, you know, so they can use the providers of choice. But what that does is it gives our merchant ecosystem a ton of different ways to embed commerce into their supply chain or their uh, flows. So um, we have clients across the manufacturing space that are creating IoT products. And as we know, you know, when you're engaging with a product, there's the ability to have an app store in it um, and buy services. So um, we help uh, everyone from Jaguar Land Rover to uh, Honeywell and ABB help monetize these services. So for example, um, there's a network of electronic charging stations across the U.S. And in those charging stations, there's a digital screen. And in there, you can um, subscribe to different services. uh, You you know, you can uh, process the metering, monitoring, and the transactions. Um, That's all at the back end powered by our commerce technology. And that's a great example of how commerce or checkout flows can be embedded embedded anywhere. And I do think that, you know, historically when we thought about a computer, it was a physical device, a screen in one place. And then with mobility, that was opened up. I think that, you know, moving forward, not only are you going to have, you know, millions of different types of devices, the ways in which you interact with those devices could change. So you may end up, you know, speaking through, you know, audio to trigger a certain call, or you may not even have to, Kind of trigger to buy or open up an app. You might do it in the back end and it's being metered and AI is processing that. So we have the ability to, you know, provision and toggle and intelligently recommend the services that are needed to optimize for a certain goal for a business. And I think that's really where the future is going is embedding commerce uh, into different workflows. So you don't even have to, you know, take the, let's say 30 or 60 day process that it does now in order to deploy something, you can get the value when you want instantly and subscribe and only pay for the value that you're getting.
0: Yeah. And, and the benefits is essentially for, for the brand or the business is that their end customer or the employer, the employee using the technology doesn't have to go to a third party outside of, you know, the system or use a, another device or, or whatnot. It's all embedded. within yeah, the Yeah.
1: A great example of that, you know, is Stripe. So I was listening to a podcast uh, with, with Patrick Colson, the CEO of Stripe, And at the time, you know, he articulated that, uh, you know, how hard it was for a merchant to sell um, goods, you know, only, you know, in 2010. And it was interesting because people were like, 2010, that seems like, you know, there must have been easy ways to sell, but really not, not like it was the infancy of digital commerce and it was hard. And, uh, you know, Patrick said that there wasn't any one secret sauce that made Stripe better than all the banks or PayPals or others that were servicing it was a combination of just a methodology and a workflow and really being customer centric and making it easier and creating a standard so i think that you know likewise if you if you look at where we are in the state of uh, the business to business economy you're still kind of in the stone ages when it yeah. comes to the commerce flows and i know you speak about that a lot on your podcast um, so i think that uh, there's no silver bullet it's going to be um, an evolution but the core infrastructure that's needed to make real consumer friendly payments and to you know accelerate access to technology for businesses, uh, is going to take time, uh, but also a lot of iteration.
0: Yeah, and I mean, essentially, you you hit it right on the head. It's that you're not really creating a new a new, new product, um, you know, from scratch. You're just really combining the workflow of multiple different products to make it accessible via you know an API touch point, um, where you're giving you know pretty much any industry or product the ability to embed themselves the way they want it. And, and I think in the business world, there's so many different ways. Of working, there's different procedures of working, and, and the fact is, is if 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 not everything's touched by an API, um, it's just not really going to work, uh, you know, smoothly or seamlessly. Um, and so I think the start, you know, the starting of you know where we're seeing the the banking infrastructure starting to move, you know, slowly, but starting to move to an API type of model, um, starts to break down the you know the traditional ways of working in that B2B transaction space. You know, one area that we're focused on that I obviously you guys deal with is, you know, invoicing or accounts receivable, accounts payable. It's a space that we're really trying to break through with with our technology. You know, uh, you know, to to wrap up, can you can you talk a little bit about that process, how you guys work through that or how your customers, you know, seeing pain points and where that opportunity of, of the value is in that space?
1: Yeah, so our subscription commerce platform really helps with the whole flow of billing and invoicing for subscription products. And right now, you know, many businesses would either have the choice to, you know, subscribe online via a credit card, um, which is unlikely if you're a scaled business with a, an accounts receivable, accounts payable process, um, or, you know, use the invoicing environment. And with, with invoicing and issuing a purchase order, as you know, there's a ton of fragmentation in the steps that teams need to go through. And then also at the end of the month, there's a lot of uh, efforts that need to go into collections and reconciliation and audit. Um, to make sure there's accuracy. Um, so I think what what is really going to evolve as uh, commerce platforms have accurate data sets is much more accurate and efficient flows of either you know purchasing services or paying for services. And when I look at um, our merchants in the past, they would have had to go you know literally send a physical invoice, get something signed they'd have to chase down their clients, you know, did, did they get paid, then they have to go back to the vendor and figure out payments. And there's a gap in cash flow. And there's really no visibility in what's happening. So therefore, a competency of the merchant is actually just hassling people for money. And what we've found is that as you're moving to you know, a digital model, uh, there's you know, much more clarity and real time understanding of, you know, what you're paying for, what you are owed, what the collections need to be, and it's all audible and instant. So I do think that there's going to be a massive efficiency that evolves in not only the speed to get, you know, what you're buying for, um, but also just the ease of uh, tracking the value that you're getting. Um, And there's a lot of incumbent tools, um, you know, that exist out there to do this as part of the financial uh, ecosystem. And I think to your thesis on, uh, on embedded uh, you know, financial uh, fintech services, it's all about an ecosystem. So I don't think there's going to be any one vendor that does any one thing for any one person. It's about you know each company out there that's in the fintech world um, contributing to a much more efficient environment. And it's the aggregate of all these great products and, and features that are going to make it easier uh, for business business merchants to be able to buy and sell.
0: Yeah, and totally agree with you and I think, you know, that the combination of all the providers honestly, the ecosystem you're creating is probably one of the most powerful to put something like this together given that you have access to all of these endpoints um, to be able to connect the dots for a lot of these these products and and softwares. Well, Daniel, it's a pleasure to have you on today. Uh, what's the best uh, way for our listeners to get in contact with with you guys uh, to do some business?
1: Thanks, Chris. So, you can definitely uh, go to our website at appdirect.com. I've also launched a podcast, DecodingDigital.com, where we hear from digital heroes out there, those merchants that are transforming themselves and their businesses in the digital economy. So check that out on your podcast player of choice.
0: Awesome. Yeah, we'll be sure to share that information as well um, for our link here. Well, like I said, pleasure to have you on. Awesome information for our listeners, and I'm sure we'll connect some partnerships uh, along the way. So, you know, pleasure.
1: Thanks, Chris. Likewise. Take care. You too.